Welcome to Fountain Springs Online. At Fountain Springs, we believe in showing unconditional love, irrational generosity, and being unwavering in our mission to show people who Jesus is. We are one church in multiple locations that exists to help grow and guide your relationship with Jesus. We are so glad you've joined us today, and we hope that we can encourage, challenge, and support you in your walk with Jesus. Feel free to join us this coming weekend at any of our locations and services, or call or email us so we can help you in any way. We are so glad that you've joined us today at Fountain Springs Online. Now let's turn our attention to this week's message. You may call it in the evening, but you've only lost the night. Preset all the pretty feelings May they come for you tonight And I'm climbing over something And I'm running through these walls I don't even know if I believe I don't even know if I believe I don't even know if I believe Everything you try to say to me I have the strangest feeling Your world's not all it seems so tired of misconceiving What else could have been I don't even know if I believe I don't even know if I believe I don't even know if I believe Everything you try to say to me So open up my eyes Tell me I'm alive This is never gonna go our way If I'm gonna have to guess what's on your mind Say something, something like you love me That you want to move away From the noise of this place I don't even know if I believe I don't even know if I believe I don't even know if I believe Everything you're trying to say Gonna have 
I love that song. Uh, if it's new to you, I, the music is good. Uh, I don't know, you, well, different styles. Uh, and, I, and I love it. I like the band. But it's the lyrics. It's the lyrics that if you pay attention to the lyrics, they can drive right into your soul. There's a lyric in there that was repeated over and over and, and over again. I don't even know if I believe. And, and I know it may not seem at first, but I'd say this song has everything to do with your life and mine. Now, not all of us are willing to admit where we have doubts. In fact, some of us, I, I, okay, dirty laundry in church, I'll tell you right now, everyone that goes to church doesn't fully believe what you think they might believe. I know, you're like, what? But, but many of us have doubts, we have uncertainties, and in fact, when you just apply it to your regular life, I don't know what I believe. In fact, if you've been, if you've been hurt, Maybe you, you, were, you were dating that person that you thought, they're the one. And then a breakup happened. You're like, I don't even know what I, I don't even know if I believe in love anymore. Maybe your family broke up. You're like, I don't even know if I believe in family. I don't know, maybe school, whatever. But many of us face situations where, where it breaks or it goes away. Maybe, maybe it was pulled out from underneath you, and you're having the thought. You don't tell a lot of people this. You're like, I don't even, I don't even know if I believe anymore. And specifically, come on, God, if life does not play out the way you thought it should, if he doesn't do what you think he should do, I don't even know if I believe anymore. The problem is that there's Christmas. I mean, like, I know Christmas is like, but the cookies, there's no problem with Christmas because of the cookies. And I know the cookies are good, but Christmas, no matter if you believe in God or not, no matter if you've resolved, you believe the whole nativity scene, or if you have doubts and concerns, uh, Christmas forces into our lives uh, what you believe about life. In fact, Christmas reveals. It's revealing what we believe and what we don't believe, what we have and don't, what we don't have. At Christmas, whether you like it or not, it's happening, Right? And you're with people. Some of you can hang out with family and you're excited about it. Some of you can hang out with family and you're not excited about it at all. Some of us think it's, it's present. Some of us think it's Jesus. But what I'll tell you about Christmas is it forces upon us what you believe and don't believe. You resolve it right away, real quick. But, but here's, what I, here's what I see. And, and I want to, I don't know, maybe clear something up. I have regular conversation with people over and over like, okay, I, I don't know if I can be a Christian or follow Jesus or get into this whole God thing because I've got questions. I don't have full understanding and clarity. Well, I have good news for you. Let me show you the definition of belief. It messed with me the first time I saw it. Now, this is not from the Bible. This is dictionary.com. If you don't use it regularly, you should consider the definition to have confidence or faith in the truth. Here's what I find interesting. Most of us didn't know the word faith was inside the definition of believe. We're like, wait a minute. I thought I could only believe into something. Like I could actually say I believe that if I had total clarity, total understanding. No. This should be freeing for some of us. Where when I bring up Christmas, 
Perhaps we can walk into this a, a better conversation, a stronger one, that Christmas doesn't have to represent all that you aren't sure about life and all that just confuses us. In fact, let's boil it down. If you're not sure if you believe in Christmas, and you look at the nativity scene and there's, there's sheep and donkeys, which you're like, that's good. Some of you have a dog in your nativity scene. Some of you have a cat, and I have no idea why. <laughs> it's Mary and Joseph and the Magi and all that. If you've ever stared at a, at a nativity scene, I can show you what it represents. Uh, it's, it's in the Bible. Uh, and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Christmas. This is Christmas. When I talk to you about do you believe in the meaning, the power, the original Christmas, do you believe or do you struggle with it or do you deny it? This, this is what I'm talking about. And many of us are like, I'm not sure, David. I'm not sure. Well, let me tell you more words of what Jesus actually said in reference, I think, to Christmas, but even more. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. If you want to know, like, why Christmas? Why did it happen? Why did Jesus come to earth? Why did God intervene in mankind? It came to give us this full life. Now, I'm a word nerd, and I, I use this verse all the time. The word full that you see there, if you got into the original language, you would actually learn that it's referring to this extraordinary, satisfying life. Some might call it the complete life. Can you imagine this life where when you wake up and you go to bed, it doesn't have to be a perfect day, but it's like, it's complete. Many of us have had glimpses of this, right? Where you've had these moments like, man, life is good. And it feels complete, it feels good, but then life moves on and it starts to not feel like that anymore. Well, I would tell you this, if you are willing to lean in to the Christmas story and not just treat it like tradition, not just treat it like, yeah, I've heard it, I've seen it, it's just about a baby. No, no, no. What if you and I were to lean in it and wrestle with our lack of clarity, our lack of understanding, our struggle with, I don't know if I believe. There's two characters in the story that I want to talk about. Uh, these characters, one of them doesn't make your nativity scene. <laughs> He's not in it, and if it's in it, that's a weird one. His name's King Herod. King Herod is likely not one of the people there. If he was, you, you might have him like in a prison or something off to the side. And be like, that's a bad dude. <laughs> King Herod gets a bad rap, uh, justifiably so. He's in the Christmas story. We read his name, but we go fast through it. Now, and let, me, let me tell you, let me tell you the, the good about King Herod. He was brilliant. I've been to Israel multiple times, and I would tell you, I have seen the buildings that he built. And I would tell you, if you can build something that lasts thousands of years, good job. In fact, they are, they are incredible buildings. He, is, he built buildings in the middle of deserts on the top of mountains. He is well known as being one of, one of the best builders of all time. He was not a dumb dude. And in fact, he was a brilliant administrator, good at detail. Some of you, you should never touch a detail ever because you're going to forget it no matter what. You're like, you're just horrible at it. 
This guy was good. In fact, he could prepare for famines. He was brilliant at getting everyone around them adequate food when they needed it. But he had an issue. Now, before you go judging his issue, you and I have issues too. His issue was he liked control. (laughs) He loved control. Some of you are like, "Mm, that's good. In fact, let 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 me turn it on you. If I gave you the option, hey, would you like today to be in your control or completely out of control. Most of you like, sign me up for control. You like control. Some of you more so than others, but you and I have a tendency to enjoy the idea that we're pulling the levers, that we have a grip on it. In fact, let me bring you into your own life. If you've ever been in a situation where the job got taken away and you feel like you were losing your grip, where the relationship went away and you felt like you're losing your grip, or you moved away and it just didn't turn out the way you wanted it to and you feel like you're losing your grip. Oh, we understand <laughs> losing grip. And uh, King Herod had that experience. He didn't like it. Uh, let me show it to you. When King Herod heard this, by the way, what he heard was the Magi. If you've sung, sung we three kings of our, yeah, okay, these dudes showed up and they said, hey, king, where's the new king? If you say that to a control freak, you just started something. And that's what just happened. When the king, when King Herod heard there was a new king, he was disturbed. Don't forget that word because we'll see it again. He was disturbed. Just like you and I get disturbed. Okay, don't hate on him too fast. And all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. He wanted to know, uh, where's this new king? See, you got to look at how he's seeing it. He loved control. He loved making the calls in life. He loved having the lever. He loved having a grip. And all of a sudden, these random people show up and be like, hey, king, there's a new king, which meant he's not going to get his way all the time. See, Herod believed Jesus was a threat. Jesus, the idea of Jesus, I think we're all intelligent to know that Herod never met Jesus. He he didn't know him. They never had any dialogue with each other at that moment. But all of a sudden, he hates Jesus. He doesn't hate Jesus. It's actually not that personal. He hated what Jesus represented. It meant that Herod uh, doesn't get to do everything he wants to do. He doesn't get to live the life that he wanted to live. He doesn't get to be in charge anymore. So he felt threatened. I mean, Herod loved the day being about Herod. If you're so disconnected, it's why most of us love our birthdays. At least I do. People are like, hey, David, here's some cookies. I'm like, well, it's my birthday. We love the days that are our days. We're like, this is a good day. If you had to pick your top five days, your birthday's probably one of them. In fact, we're wrestling with this in our own house right now. It's nasty. Our four-year-old, he's lost his mind. (laughs) Our our four-year-old, our youngest, his name is Titus, and he thinks Life is about him. I know this shocks many of you. You're like, what? You're not good parents. Listen, listen. So here's the problem. Uh, Titus, his birthday is five days after Christmas. 
Yeah, I'm glad you guys laugh at this. I'm glad you love this. <laughs> See, here's the problem with my son, is every day we hear about his birthday and this birthday party. He regularly invites people. My, my, my estimate of those invited to his birthday party this year, five to 6,000 people. <laughs> it's somewhere in there. He disinvites you when he's mad at you. Oh, you wanna, like, you're not coming to his birthday party. Katie and I are like, what birthday party is he talking about? See, here's the problem. Five days after Christmas. So you know what he thinks. See, see, we have family who send Christmas presents and his birthday presents, right? Because they're not going to see him. So they all go under the tree. So my son has concluded that your Christmas tree, my Christmas tree, all the lights, the candy, the cookies, it's all for him. <laughs> he loves Christmas because it's simply this sign to him, my birthday is here, right? Well, here's what I've learned. I'm 39. I still struggle with that. I love it when I'm in control. And I don't know how honest you're willing to be, but most of us love it when we get our way with the day. We love it for us, not necessarily in an arrogant way, but if you have hopes and dreams, things you want to do with your life, jobs you want to have, people you want to spend your life with, and you're like, I want this, many of us buy into the idea, okay, here's what I want, so I am in control of getting what I want. The problem is, is when life happens, and things get pulled out from underneath you, and you wonder, I don't even know what I believe in anymore. Now, the other character I want to talk about is Mary. Now, I'm going to say something. Mary had control issues as well. Now, I know some of you grew up in traditions where, like, uh, you don't talk about Mary. And I, I, I'm not hating on Mary a, at all. But you need to know something about Mary. Mary had questions and concerns and lacked clarity and had doubts. And she wanted control and didn't like not being in control. I can prove it to you. I'll show you in the Bible. Confused and disturbed. Remember that word disturbed I told you to remember? I just find it fascinating that the writers of the Bible are like, King Herod was disturbed, saying he wanted control. He loved having control. He liked control. And now he wasn't going to get his way. His hopes and dreams changing a bit. A verse about Mary. Confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think with the angel coming. That's when the angel shows up and be like, hey, how you doing? Probably not those exact words, but paraphrasing. She's all of a sudden going, oh, no. Life's not in my control. In fact, she had questions. Let me show you, hop, hop ahead of some verses. Mary asked the angel, which tells you just right off the bat, it wasn't like, oh cool, I'm going to be the mother of the Savior of mankind. No questions here. I'm good. Sounds sweet. No. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. She just leads, let me, I got some questions. There's some things that I don't know fully. I, and, and anytime you have a chance to stand in front of an angel and ask questions, you do. But she was also confused. She lacked clarity. She may have said in a brief moment, I don't know what I believe. But I would tell you as you walk the rest of her life out, I can tell you that Mary believed Jesus was the Savior. You see, Herod believed he was a threat. 
but Mary believed he was the Savior. A quick observation before I get to the core of this. We can fully, fully believe without fully understanding. Just, just think about this. Stay in the story. Stay in the story where, you, okay, Herod doesn't know Jesus, doesn't understand how this is going to play out, but he believes something. Mary's like, okay, I got questions. Boy, do I have questions. But she believed and did not understand everything. In fact, I can prove Mary didn't understand stuff. She had the most epic, and I would say number one most epic parent fail of all time. If you ever have a day as a parent, you're like, I'm just not very good at this. Mary beat you. You see, there's a moment where Mary and Joseph were in town with the Savior of mankind, their son. They left town and left the Savior of mankind accidentally. Now, some of you lose your keys. If you were in charge of the Savior, I think you might like, keep tabs where, he, where he's at. They left town and realized, we're missing something. I'm not sure what it is, but we'll figure it out. But it tells you what it tells you and I, that was not just like some mental lapse. They didn't fully understand who Jesus is. Many of us hate on ourselves. Many of us tell ourselves, we can't believe because I got questions. I don't fully understand this whole Christmas thing. It doesn't seem likely. Sounds like religion. I don't know. I would tell you, you can fully believe in something and still have questions. But watch this. If you continue in the story with Mary, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. Those are big words. You know this difference between how she reacted to her lack of clarity, lack of understanding. It's what we would call she surrendered. She decided in that moment, you see it, that she wasn't going to say, you know what, I want life to be in, in my hands, my control. No, she handed it over immediately. A confidence, not in herself, but a confidence in God. You see, every belief requires a behavior. You can't just say that you are something or that you believe in something and it not be modeled in some way. We all agree with that. I mean, I'm a dad. But I'm not just a dad because I have this title. My behavior should back that up. I'm a husband. I'm a pastor. I'm a friend. It, see, you got to have this behavior, and, and that's what happens. And so your behavior about what you believe has either caused you to think that you're in full control, or you've let God be in control. You've either realized that, that if you want this complete, full life, that you're either trying to achieve it, or you're letting God take care of it. Now, but maybe you, maybe you don't relate to King Herod and Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I get that. But maybe you would relate to someone whose name is Janelle. She tells her story and what you hear and see in the story is a woman who's decided, I don't want to walk life alone. I want to put control where control should be. And so, with the filter going on in your brain of who has control in your life, I want you to see the story of Janelle. I first started coming to Fountain Springs in November 2016 and 
before that, a couple months before that, I had been searching for God and not finding him in the places that I had been searching. I had been to a couple different churches, um, talked to him or talked about him to family members, other people, and I always kind of felt he was there, but didn't feel it fully. And so I heard of Fountain Springs through a friend and I said, what the heck, I'll try it out. I came to Fountain Springs and it was a shock. It was not what I expected at all as far as a, a church goes, but it was fantastic. I felt God the first time going there and kept going because I wanted more. Feeling him being present was an eye-opener. It's something I just hadn't ever felt before, ever in my life. The day I chose to be baptized and accept Jesus and God into my life, it blindsided me. I did not expect to do that that day. But I went to the service, and at the end, they were having baptisms, and they welcomed people to come up and be baptized. And I looked at my significant other, and I said, I think, I think I'm going to do this, because this is what I want. You know, I still wanted, wanted to follow Jesus and wanted to feel his presence more and it was me letting go of all the stuff I'd been holding on to and didn't need to hold on to and need, didn't need to do that by myself. God works in wonderful ways, sometimes not so wonderful ways, but he's changed the way I react to anger. He's helped me be patient in times I wanted to be impatient. Um, he's helped me love myself. That's like one of the biggest struggles through my life is learning to love myself because of hardships I've gone through criticisms throughout my life. He loves me no matter what. And that's made a huge difference in my life. Just learning to love myself. He's helped me with that tremendously. And it's hard in a world full of criticism to accept yourself. I'm very accepting of others, just not myself. <laughs> but he's definitely taught that, and I, I guess I just really want people to know that. And in the times, like bad times that I've experienced before, hardships and bad seasons, financially, emotionally, those are easier now with him. They weren't before, because I was, I thought I was alone, but I'm not. And now that I've accepted him and welcomed him, and it's just been good ever since. And I don't, I don't wanna lose that. 
I don't know why I, it took me so long. I've watched that many times. I've watched that story over and over and over. I've heard her words many times, and you, and you may have missed something. She says, I didn't know, I didn't have to do life alone. And she goes into it over and over. If you didn't catch it, she says, with him a lot. With him. You saw it in the story that there's, she thought that she had to engage this thing that you and I call life by herself. But she learned that with him, things change. See, God knew. God knew that without him, we would lack. He knew it. If you want to know, like, why the big ordeal about Christmas? God knew that without God, we would walk life lacking going down different roads of trying to find control, trying to find our, our grip. He knew it. So he sent his one and only son to intervene. Christmas is a reminder of who we have. Now, I know many of us, yeah, yeah, I know. And this Christmas in particular, it might be a bad reminder. Maybe you don't have certain people in your life that you wish you had. And Christmas stirs that up. The, the older that I get, I begin to see that it's not about the presents and, and the food, even though I'm still on that line. But I'm learning the power of, of who. Who is with you? And Janelle saw that. And I would, I would go way back and tell you that Herod and Mary dealt with that too. In fact, you can even flip it. Christmas can be about what you don't have. You don't have to have uh, this pain and regret that just camps out with you every day. You, you don't have to live in a life of sin. You don't have to be lonely. You don't have to just wander all the time. You can live life with God. If you've ever nerded out on more words, you know that Around Christmas, we say the word Emmanuel quite a bit. I mean, it's, it says all the time. Well, well, a long time before Jesus arrived, it was prophesied that Emmanuel would come. And then when Jesus got here, the word Emmanuel all the time was used. The word means God with us. So I wonder if you believe that. Now remember, it's going to require faith. Let me show you what it says in Luke 145. I think this is significant. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Now, this, this was said a long time ago, but I would say, listen closely, I would say God would say it to you today. You are blessed because you believed. Now, now it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you become this rich, <laughs> problem-free person. No, but to believe God is with you because he is with you changes all of life. In fact, I would tell you it's perhaps the most profound belief you could ever wrestle with. 
And if you're willing to wrestle with it, I can, I can show you what Jesus said, how to walk the belief out. It's a big deal. Uh, let me show you in the Bible. Uh, if, if any of you wants to be my follower, this is Jesus, believe in him. That's to f- follow him. Would have, like, you believe what he says. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Ugh. I mean, I don't know if it's a battle for you. It is for me. You, you got to give up control. There's got to be willingness to say, you know what? I can't fix everything. I can't control everything. I can't always come up with all that I need all of the time. I can't make everyone behave the way I need them to behave and to function so I can live life the way I want to. You must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. If you try to control everything, you're actually going to lose the full life. Herod, oh my. He went crazy, literally. Got paranoid. Was so afraid that other people were trying to control, he started killing people. It's crazy. But if you give up your life for my sake, if you give up control, you'll save it. Profound. So let me, let me land this whole thing with a question. I love questions. They make us get honest. Do you believe Jesus is your Savior or a threat? This is what Christmas forces onto the table. Because either he's a savior, either he's in control, and you're going to recognize that and walk with him the rest of your life. You will have questions for him. You will question what he does at times. But he can still be, you can still believe with faith that he's in control even when life disagrees with your opinion. Or he stays a threat. A threat to your control. A threat to your opinion a threat to what you wish were true, what you want to see happen. He's either your savior or he's a threat. It's a big deal for us. And Christmas, whether it's the nativity scene that reminds you of Christmas or lights or trees or family or food or presents, what it can do is remind you of who's with you. His name is simply Jesus. If you've never chosen to believe that, I think now is a great time to declare what you believe. So I want to help. But I want you to be free from distractions because all of us, we just get distracted so easy. So would you do this? I'm going to help you pray here in a moment, but I'd like for you now to bow your heads and close your eyes just so you can focus. That's it. That's the only reason. Just want you to be able to focus. And yeah, I know most of us have plans and things that we're going to be a part of, stuff we still need to do, but we're here right now. We're together right now. Let's give this a minute or two just to focus. What do you believe? Is Jesus your Savior or a threat? And if you want Him to be your Savior, if you're like, I got questions, that's cool. If you have uncertainties, okay, that's fine. But if you want Him to be your Savior... I can help you speak that to him. If you're ready, just say these words to God privately. He can, he can hear your private thoughts. Just pray these 
to him privately, God, I believe in you. I believe you are real. But God, I have doubts. God, I don't understand everything. God, would you help me in my moments of uncertainty? Today, God, I want to declare to you that I believe you exist. I believe Jesus came for me, that he died for me, that he paid my price for my sins. And I declare to you today, God, I'm going to follow you. I need your help. I need your strength. I need your spirit. But God, today, I tell you that I believe I believe. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to do something. I want to see this. I, no one else needs to see it. I want to see it. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, would you just raise your hand up and then you can put it back down? I just want to see. Awesome. That's what I thought. Awesome. Praise God. Awesome. God, would you walk? I know you've promised to do it. I know you're going to. Would you walk with these folks who are stepping out in bravery, with faith, with confidence? Would you walk with them and supply them, care for them? God, I pray, I, I pray that for all of us, that this season, God, you would remind us you're with us. That for those going through tough moments, that you'll remind them you're with them. For those having the most incredible time of their life, you remind them that you're with them. God, thank you for coming to be with us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for intervening into our lives. Thank you for grace and mercy and love. You are absolutely, absolutely amazing. So we do all this and we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.